Thanks again uh, for this episode 10 of season one of Greater Than Zero Percent. Uh, today we have Mark Mitchell, who is Director of Reentry Services at Teamwork Englewood. Yes. Um, Mark, thanks a lot for taking some time today. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I appreciate Absolutely. So like always, uh, let's start with yourself. So let's hear, hear your oh, story. Okay, well, great. I'm the, currently the Director of Reentry Services at Teamwork Englewood. We're like number one in employment for the last three years. Mm-hmm. My story is uh, I have 13 felony convictions and four post-incarceration degrees. So the path getting here was somewhat different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, last time I was in the uh, institution, I was in a program called ABE. Now, ABE is uh, like eighth grade and under. So when I went into the institution, they tested me, and they said, well, you know, yo, you got fifth grade reading and, you know, fourth grade math. And I said, wow. So I stayed in there for a while, and they put me in a GED program. So my first day in GED program is test day. So I tell the guy, I said, look, I'm not going to pass this test. I just come out of G- ABE. Yep. He said, well, take it for the experience. So he passed the test out. Then he left the room. <laughs> so I looked around. I didn't see no cameras. Right? I looked up. I looked down the hall. I didn't see him. I said, wow, this is my kind of test. Right? <laughs> so I asked the guy next to me what he had. He didn't have nothing on his picture. I said, what you got? He told me, where you put your name? I said, what you mean where you put your name? I know where to put your name. So to make a long story short, phones was right outside the room. So I, it was, we had three phones running for three hours. Mm-hmm. My daughter did all the math. Another person did the this, that, and that. So we came back being good convicts, and we shared the answers with everybody. <laughs> Told everybody the regular cheat story. Don't put the same thing. Yeah. Left the test. Guy never came back. We don't know what was going on. <laughs> Left it on his desk. We came back over the weekend. The guy says, uh, I got a problem with the test results. We said, what's the problem? He said, y'all passed with the same score. <laughs> How do you explain that? So a guy from California got up and said, I'll explain it. He said, we eat the same food, wear the same clothes, go to bed at the same time. Why wouldn't we all think alike? So I got this bogus GED. So when I get out, I find that I get out, and this is like the third time, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I don't been to these institutions. I can't get no job, you know. So I run into this guy on the street. His name was Cold-Blooded. Now, cold-blooded uh, was a notorious bank robber, stick-up man. Huh. So I seen him. I said, wow, cold-blooded got a suit on. Maybe he's going to rob a bank. So I go up on him. I say, hey, man, you need a driver? <laughs> Wasn't my game, but I was, you know, yeah. I was at the end. You know, when, when the one, it's two words when a guy that come out to join say, changes his life. When he say these two words, I don't know if this is PG or whatever. No. But when he says, fuck it, that changes his whole frame of mind. Yeah. Once he says, fuck it. You know, he's tried to get a job, tried to do this, try, and then he ends up with fuck it, all bets all. So yeah. I just said fuck it. So I see cold blooded, cold blooded start talking real crazy to me. He's talking about changing life, you know, stop getting high, mm. stop doing this, you help me work it out, you know. I said, wow, what kind of disappointment is this right here for <laughs> this guy, right? This shit. He's a sellout, apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he wore me down. He kept yeah. bothering me, you know. So I said, okay. So he said, why don't you go to, go to school? He had went back to school. Cold-blooded was in there getting his PhD. Wow. I didn't know that. Right, cold-blooded was a single parent. raises come out to the institution, raising his son. You know, so when I found that out, I bought in. So I go into school. They say, you got to take the entry exam. I said, entry exam? That don't sound good. <laughs> put me in the room by myself. Yep. Just me. And, and that's it. No phone, no nothing. I scored ABE, eighth grade and under, hmm. on everything but reading comprehension. Hmm. On reading comprehension, I scored over 12th grade. 
You know why? Because of the 13 felony convictions. I've been indicted so much I've learned words, <laughs> like aggravating and mitigating, concurrent and consecutive, you know? So, <laughs> so, you know, so look, so I called him up. I said, cold blood, you let me in. He said, you in? I said, yeah. He said, what class you got? I said, I got the prerequisites. He said, man, you got the slow class. Mm. I said, there's a slow class in college? <laughs> he said, yes, and you in it. <laughs> he wasn't lying, because in the college, they wrote on the board, and my friend said, Jack Rand. What's the verb? What's the noun? Before I could jump up and somebody in the back jumping up, I'm talking about, that depends on what Jack running from. I said, boy, I'm in the slow class. So, so make, you know, I stayed there. And eventually, like I said, I got the four degrees, right? Right. Working in different jobs, creating myself. So 2017, uh, I think the governor was not, they weren't paying people, there was something going on. So I ended up, they called me over here, team working with a city new director. So they said, do what you want. Because basically I was deep in reentry by then. I'd been doing a lot of different side jobs. And, you know, so I came in, I said, okay, well, we're paid to do one thing. We're paid by the city to be a referral call center. Mm -hmm. Meaning, someone calls the city or called 311 and they're looking for any services, they call us. We're one of four. So I sat here for a few months and I said, okay, this is not working. Because everyone I'm referring them to are the same people that I used to go to 20 years ago. Yep. That wasn't working for me 20 years ago, right? <laughs> so I feel like a hypocrite doing this. So yeah. the guy told me, the ED, he said, do what you want. So at that time, I remember when I was doing my master's in criminal justice, I'd read something that says, if a middle-aged ex-offender is employed within 90 days of release, he has a higher work ethic or just as good a work ethic mm. as the average person that this work ethic starts to dissipate if unemployment persists beyond the 90 days. So that's, you know, now that makes a lot of sense because, you know, if I come home, right, and, and I'm your brother, cousin, I'm sleeping on your couch. Right. And you say, where are you going today? You say, well, I'm going to job readiness. Okay, good, you're going to get ready to get a job, right? Great. So a month go by, they say, where you going? Oh, I'm still in job readiness. Oh, you still getting ready to get that job? Oh, yeah. Then another month go by. You're still on your, on your couch. Still eating your food, mm -hmm. and I'm still getting ready to get a job, right? <laughs> How much sense that makes? So it's contrary to the best evidence I read. So we develop a model that says, okay, if they've been less than 90 days, non-violent exposure, 28 to 55, mm -hmm. right? So we took this model out, and we knocked on 200 doors. Finally, we reached the door at Dakota Industries, a subcontractor for Ford. That had already done Ford, but Ford only hires twice a year. I'd already had a long relationship with them going back four or five years. So, you know, and, but this plant was like, at the time they had a retention at uh, 30 days, because it's a hard similar job, and it's low, you know, it's minimum wage started. Yep. So their retention was only at 20%. So I went in, I sold the model to the uh, HR person at the time, was a great lady named Sandra uh, Brown, right? So she says, well, you know, I'm trying to make my, she's new at her job. She's trying to make her job look good, too. So she says, okay, well, send me eight people. Yeah. So I sent her eight people. Next week, send me eight more. Mm. Next week, send me eight more. Next week, send me eight more. So about a month in, she calls me, and she tells all these agencies she's got, she says, your retention at 30 days is 20%. Marks is at 80%. Wow. Since that day, we've gotten over 1,000 people there. Jeez. Right, you know, and so we had to look at so to see if the model held true, right? After the first year, we looked at it. We seen our retention numbers are at ninety days full time when they become. We had about thirty three percent, right? So we said we went to try to figure out what the problem was. One, 
And we found out a lot of it is transportation, you know, or, you know, they don't have transportation, they don't have bus cards, period. So we, we kind of got some funding to help with that. But we also compared the model to, to just people that had been out over a year. Yep. So we opened up the second year to individuals that had been the same age range, same case, nonviolent offenders, right? But been out over a year. The retention for that model was 23%, mm. it went up to 34%. Yep. See what I mean? So it held true. So the next year we said, we're gonna just try average people and compare it to the model, another control group, right? And we were in the middle of that when COVID hit. Oh yeah. But all indications are the model still holds true. And what's this model? 90 <laughs> days or less out of incarceration. Yep. Right? Nonviolent middle-aged ex-offenders. Instead of doing job readiness for months and months and None months. No job readiness, yep. nothing. Yep. We have one day or two day orientation, mm -hmm. right? And we may bring in honorariums to speak of the So as we were building this plane and flying it, we, we understood some things. Like, we, you know, workplace ethic is a topic we, we reinforce, you know, all this. How that we had guys walking around and never had a job. Mm -hmm. You know, he's walking around, he sees somebody he likes, he's leaving flowers at a station. What is that about? What's going on here? He called me up. And I'd go to the planet, you know. Right. One guy, they said, is a big guy, like 6'10", 300 pounds, he's steady doing this, right? And they said, Mark, we don't know what's going on. You come out of this. I said, what's all this about? He said, oh, you know, when you mess up, you do like this? Yeah. He said, I do like this. <laughs> you're about to get fired for that. He said, I didn't know. Like, but he went, you know. So, you know, the first year oh, was man. touch and go. Right. You know, we, we, we had to do some time management workshops, you know. So th these things were going on. Like I say, I could go to the plant and it would allow me to, to on their lunch breaks to talk to them about certain things. Yeah. But I'd have honorariums come in, you know. So, so it was great. I mean, right now, uh, since COVID, the plant has uh, changed their policy. We've gotten a multi-million dollar company to change their hiring practices. Wow. You know, un unheard of. We have other plants we've had. Like, you know, we got a Skyline Design. They make glass, they, they design a glass real, you know, like you may see like a church glass, or whatever, but it's different, like in offices. Right. I took the model of them. They love us. Oh. You know, so we've got a few other places, like, but none as big as Dakota. Like I said, we'll still do Ford when they hire, you know, we'll, yeah, but like I said, so the model holds true. Mm. Uh, and that's the great thing about it is, you know, so on average, I can send you some pictures, like, what it looks like here during orientation is packed. Yeah. Right, before COVID, this place is packed to the rim. Yeah. You know, so. That was a question I was going to have. How do you decide what to do in those two-day orientations that could we stick? Go, and do a quick psychosocial, right? Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, so he's, that used to be my office. There. They would come in one at a time, and it would be a team of us, right? We'd yep. question them, right? You know, we basically do a psychosocial, finding out what your level is, running your background to make sure it matches what you said, you know, find out your housing situation is a temporary. Do we need to work with you on housing? Because hmm. we don't want that to interrupt your workflow. Right. So, like I said, these are all the things we've learned over the last three years on, on what needs to be adjusted, right? At this point, the, the plane flies itself, right? You know, and that's great because the, the, the industry knows they love our people. I mean, you think about this. When you think about it, here's a person coming out of prison, right? He's not a kid anymore. Right, he's around 30 or 30-some years old. He got responsible, he got a family. Mm. You know, most people think people think sit in prison and think about their next, how they're going to make their next money. Maybe the first time, but the second time you're going out, you're not thinking about that anymore. Mm. You're thinking about the simplicity of life. You know, job, family, you know, car, mm -hmm. vacation. That's all you want. Yeah. 
And if we can't afford them, if they got to keep showing up to this getting ready thing, mm. so they love us here. We, we have the confidence of the community. So other institutions will come here to speak at our, you know, because we can't hire all of them here. Yeah. We'd have a hundred and some people here. So other reentry facilities will come, can I talk to your people? Sure. But we let them know we're not advocating for you. You know, we're not going to, if they ask us about you, we're going to tell them what we really believe. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, yeah, we, we've done great. I used to do a plan way out west, but I've stretched myself too thin, so I've yeah. got to go. So, jobs are obviously a really important part in reducing recidivism. Have you seen any direct correlation of your model and how it maybe has impacted minimizing recidivism? Of, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, we looked at the recidivism rate of our guys the first year, right? Yep. And it was lower than anyone's, mm-hmm. all right? It was lower than that. We had like a 20, 16% recidivism in the first year. Yeah, because if you had work, you can't, you know, you're going to work. These are 12-hour shifts, yep. four days a week. Some, <laughs> most of them do five days a week, overtime. Yeah. Well, you don't have time to recidivate. Yeah. You know, we, we look up, and like I say, uh, we have guys now at that plant, right, who have never worked a job, who are full-time employees. Mm-hmm. We have, like, gang leaders now, right, who are uh, just, you know, they're supervisor team leaders now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we got dope dealers who are now the uh, the union stewards, you know. So, I mean, yeah, this changes. They buy in. You know, and that's the main thing. You know, they got to buy into. The, you know, I can't be a part of society. Right. And that's hard to sell. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Without How do you job, sell that? Right. You got to. You got to give them something. You know, you got to make them feel a part of. Yeah. So instead of saying, you know, I walk. I've I've went to so many of them places. Like I say, you know, I've been coming in. Now. I used to go to them places there, and they would give me a bus card and tell me go way out to Schaumburg. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that, that's what kills me. I get on. You know. I'm going out there, and you may make ten dollars, eleven dollars out because they don't have the city, you know. So I get on a bus, I take a train, bus, and whatever to get to a, a, a L station where a guy in a van had picked me up. Yeah. And I got to pay him ten dollars a day. So fifty dollars is gone, and a hundred dollars is gone in my check. So you know, and they give me this little money. So what that is is a setup. Mm. It is. It, it's a recipe for recidivism. Yep. You know, because as soon as I maybe I'm doing this in the beginning or why I'm in a halfway house, a transition house. But when that happens, that stops and I no longer have that, that, that parole agent on me, you know, and I'm at home. And they, they say, well, you know, here's your check. What you got? Ninety eight, dollars $120 left. Yep. That's demeaning. Yeah. For a person who knows how to get money on the street. So it's a recipe. So we don't do it. We don't send people way out anywhere unless they're paying way more than what they're, what they're paying here. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to pay us 16 or 17, then we're going to help get to you out there. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to tell us 10, let them know. We're not going to set you up for that. So transportation is a huge, huge... Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I, that's the only way I can get there. You know, we're in the middle now trying to get CTA to change the uh, the, the bus schedule, you know, for the uh, plan. And, and this is something, too. Ford is right down the street and never thought to go to CTA and say, look, change the plant, the, the hours here, because so, they run the same ships, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah. Monday, all week, 24 hours. So, you know, so at some point, you would look like they would have went and said, look, let's get this bus schedule so these guys can get here at 5.30 yep. and be at work. I'm working on that now. So like I said, COVID kind of knocked us out a little bit, but yeah, we, you know, anywhere, we, restaurants, we send some of our guys come out, they've had food prep. You know, and they work great. You know, as long as we get them before they get infected, you say. 90 days. Yeah. Right, yeah. Once, you know, if you hadn't gotten a job in 90 days, you know, 
And I, we look at guys that may have went home and got a job way out in Schomburg somewhere. And if they've been there and they've been out six months doing that, then we got to come on. You've got to approve a track record. Yeah. All right. Where to go from here? So, um, Some of the other I'm, things we do. Yeah. No, I'm really interested in those one to two day programs. How often do you have them? How many people do you usually try to connect with jobs? Once, once a month? month. We have around 100 people, 100 yep. people. I'll see your pictures. It's packed. Right? Yep. You know? And like I said, then we took on some other things too. Uh, you know, generally the, the uh, to get your record expunged or sealed, sealed is a new thing where yeah. the record means that uh, you, I can seal my record. So in other words, you as an individual can't go online or somewhere and find my record anymore. Only right. people can see my record if it's sealed is uh, police and correction or health care. Gotcha. Right. So the normal person can't. So background checks, sealed. All that yep. for the job, they can't see it. Unless okay. it's, you know, a high-risk job. Yeah. Uh, apartment building, you want to move up. You know, yeah. So these things are keeping people from moving up, right? Yep. So like I said, average guy, he's in Schomburg. He's working three years, right? So he gets off his job. He says, well, I'm going to get my record sealed so I can get a better job, right? So he goes downtown. They tell him, well, no, you have to be one of the first 25 people here. He says, well, nobody told me that. He said, okay, well, he took off his job from Schomburg one day. Mm -hmm. So he comes back the next day. He's there early at 8.30 before anyone. They say, you got your rap sheet? He said, do I tell me I have a rap sheet? Yeah. So he said, okay, he takes off another day, goes down to 35th Street, applies for a rap sheet. They say, we'll mail it to you. So he call, he'll pick it back up. So five, six days later, he gets his rap sheet. He goes back down. He got, so you see what he's lost yep. doing this. Yep. So we said, what can we do different? So, you know, I have some experience being a paralegal, plus in prison I learned some things. Hmm. I, uh, so I said, well, I took, University of Chicago gave us some interns to work with, very smart people. Hmm. So I trained them on how to help individuals do pro se petitions. So that means those individuals who do have their records, who've been, now you can only, to qualify for your record, your rap sheet to be sealed, you have to be disconnected from the criminal justice system for over three years. Three years. Being off of probation or parole yep. for three years, all right? The only thing they don't seal is kids, cars, women, and dogs. Let me break that down. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do sex offenses. Right. They don't do domestic battery. They don't do DUI, and they don't do animal cruelty or arson. So murder, Tim murder, armed robbery, sealable. Mm. Now, dogs got in this. <laughs> I don't know, right? That's so random, yeah. But, right, so, yeah. so to qualify, right, you know, so those individuals may have been out 10, 12 years, mm -hmm. but still, you know, can't, the job comes up, they're scared to apply for a new yeah. position. They know the job, but they luckily got this one. But if I go for that one, my record's gonna be an impediment, right? So we so we, we, we did it, we, we said we're gonna try it. We got a hundred and some people petitions did. Wow. Right, in about a month and a half, <laughs> right? Uh, Dorothy Brown opened, gave us a certain day. First, the CPD guest opened us a, a day to get all the rap sheets in one day. Mm. So we had rap sheet day. Everyone read, met us at 35th Street. Wow. Yeah. We got all these rap sheets did. We brought them back here. The interns looked them over, sat down with them, and showed them how to do the, their own petition. Dorothy Brown opened her door for us. We brought all our petitions mm -hmm. one day. Chief Judge uh, Evans sent a judge down there to waive all their fees. Wow. State's Attorney's Office came, five came and looked over the petitions for objections, and we filed them. Yeah. Now I'm getting ready to sue the clerk's office. Uh-oh. Because it's been over a year and half those people haven't even got anything. They're so backed up because they only have one judge in Cook County. Wow. Doing 25 to 40 petitions a day. When Jeez. they're literally thousands. Huh. Thousands of them. So 
you know, we think about, you know, suing the uh, clerk's office just to make them address those petitions. Just hire two more people. Two more judges, two more something, right? Yeah. So the thing is, you know, this is blocking social mobility. I mean, this is stopping them from getting a better job, housing. Mm -hmm. You know, in the, I mean, in the ideal world, when I pay my debt to society, I should have been done. Yep. You know, I mean, they, they, they keep this invisible punishment most people don't see that I do. You know, if I went to Walmart now with two master's degrees to apply for a job, you know, they'd probably red flag me. Because mm. it's still sitting there. Yep. Right? So, you know, so I, you know, in a perfect world, it would be you paid your debt. Cool. Or even if we wait 10 years after. Mm. 10 years after, we say, okay, it is illegal to discriminate against Mark. Period. Yep. Period. In yep. anything, you get total rights back. Yep. You know, every right should have everything back. Yeah. Voting. Yeah. Yeah. Voting, the right to bear arms, everything. He's been out over 10 years. Research shows that the average person has been out over 10 years, hasn't recidivated, he's not going to. Mm -hmm. All right. So why not have this conversation? I mean, right now we have, on average, Fourteen to 16,000 people coming to the Chicagoland area mm -hmm. from our DOC. If you add feds to that, if you add those coming in out of county jail to that, look at around 20,000 people, 24,000 people every year coming to this city mm -hmm. to five different same areas, yeah. communities, looking for this, you know, this, this resources, right? And they're not there. They're minimal resources, and the resources are there are illegal resources, right? They're illegal resources. So now, if the only resource I have is something that's illegal, and I know how to do it, mm. and the only person keeping me from doing it is you, <laughs> I'm gonna remove you, mm. right? Right. Because I gotta eat. Mm. I gotta eat. Yeah. You know, we've t look the highest murder rate in Chicago. You know what year it was? I do not. 1974. Yeah. <laughs> right? This is this man, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 1974. Most people don't know that. No. Early 70s, murder capital of the city of Chicago. Yeah. I knew it was early on. I just didn't know how early. I, I would have said 80s or 90s, but 74. Yeah. Well, guess what our response was? Save the children. Hmm. That was the model. I think it was Cedar model. All these different jobs came in, right? But it was save the children. Okay, the second highest murder rate was in the 90s. Mm. And guess what our response was? What? Saves the children. Yeah. Youth programs, right? Yeah. 2016, 4,000 people got shot. This year, you see what's happening, right? We're on path, right? Mm -hmm. But our response is always the same. Mm. Youth programs. Yeah. When we say that, we omit those people we didn't save in the 70s. You know, we don't care about those people we didn't save in the 90s. We're going to keep trying this same singular approach, working on youth, right? And what we've had no experience in. Yeah. We, you know, school to pipeline, school to prison pipeline. That's our experience. Yeah. But yet, our singular model is that. Mm. We throw more money at that. It will, instead of in, empowering these grandfathers, fathers and uncles and big brothers to, you know, yeah. save their own kids. By giving them the self-esteem and the worth. I mean, if a guy, if a kid looks up and he sees his uncle, his father or something, get out of prison. Get up every morning, he's on the bus. Mm -hmm. Six months later, he's getting up, he's in a car. Six months later after that, he's moving to uh, 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 somewhere else, right? 
See, see what I mean? These yep. two, this is an image. This is something they can see. Yep. You know, and then sooner or later, this kid said, they, to him, are they hiring out there? Yeah. He's a role model. Yeah. But if we don't have those, if we keep on saying, no, we're going to, you know, you know, I have, you know, when they say mentors for kids, right, they're replacing who? Mm -hmm. Fathers. Yep. I, mean, I looked at Obama, I said, for real? That's your plan? <laughs> mentors, not fathers? Yeah. I'm just like, wow, what does that come in at? That's such a really unique and interesting perspective because I am guilty of this, that the old Frederick Douglass quote of it's easier to teach young children than to fix broken men. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's just like used to say why the support to support the youth and, and focus on the youth but see I have, I have evidence to the contrary yep my anecdotal evidence of these guys that go to work now right these guys like I told you that what that I know from the streets right that are now you know union stewards right, or supervisors just everyday individuals go to work that have bought cars and houses you know yeah right so I mean you know so when we say yeah I, I think the evidence is contrary right you know, when you throw away a human being, you know, that's, you know, right now, you know, when they, we talk about Black Lives Matter, if you look at what lives are really in jeopardy, right? If you look at the Black Lives Matter, which lives are particularly in trouble? Black men. Hmm. Black men are the most unemployed, they're the most murdered, they're the most uh, uh, getting arrested, so the time, you know. So, but, Yet we don't have anything to address that primarily. You know, we're doing the same thing with the same institutions that we've been dealing with for 40 years mm -hmm. that say it's okay to have a recidivism rate at 60 to 75% in three years. It hasn't changed. Yeah. Right. Because it's the best evidence no one seems, you know, and like I say, the evidence is changing. It's showing that now. You know, but my lived experience I already knew. I knew I couldn't do that to anyone. I knew I could not tell you to come here and report to me, and I play. How you doing, Mr. Jones? Every day? No, we're not going to do that. You know, yeah. I'm trying to build you, give you this. You know, uh, do a resume, and you've never had a job, right? But you're going to do a resume. So the first act I'm teaching you is dishonest. Yeah, it's just how to lie, and we're going to have a good thing here. <laughs> no, we we we've approached it differently. So then, moving forward, when COVID. Hopefully things get back to normal slowly. What is going to be your focus for the program? The same thing. Yep. You know, uh, yeah, right. To uh, build upon all the things we know, mm -hmm. the things we've learned, you know, about how to help people get, you know, stay, get a job and stay in the job. You know, uh, we're going to try to reach out to other plants, you know, because like I said, we have a proven model, right? And retention, you know, a lot of people right now, don't want to go to work, especially with the unemployment thing, right? We, we, we've placed, uh, we started back up end of May. We placed 110 people already, mm. you know, so, right. And my thing is, you have to give them a shot. Yeah. We always talk about second chances, but, you know, we're real selective about who gets that. You know, so and when these plants need someone, if I can get more, what I have to do is get back out once this is over, hit 200 more doors twice <laughs> to get one. Yep. You know, and, and it works. Right? Like I say, uh, we can reduce the cost. Hmm. You know, I mean, the budget for incarceration, and now we, you know, we got away from that, and looks like we're heading back to it again. You know, lock them up again. You know, so I mean, we we have to do something different. Yeah. You know, and that's what we we're, we're looking outside the box, and that's what helps us sustain the, the program. We got the models great. 
So in terms of people getting connected, do you usually look for organizations that are hiring for jobs, specifically plants, or is there specific industries that you usually like well, to engage with? Well, or? you know, it, it, I just go through all the plants I can that I know have public transportation yep. that are not far. Yep. I, I'll, 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 I'll just pester them. Here he comes again, right? They shut the windows, the doors, right? You know, right? Yeah. You know, I just keep going at them. And, and that's the my thing. I'm not a job developer. Yeah. You know, like I say, I got here and I had one staff person, so I had to learn to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. So, like I say, uh, we place a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and, and even those that don't stay in those jobs, when I run into them on the street, it's, oh, man, I, I got a new job, right? You do, yeah. And those are my agents. Yep. Whether they know it or not, they're my employment developers. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll tell them, go back in there and talk to your plan. Let them know, you know, about me and what I could do. And they say, okay. And that's how we get some new plans. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're the guys reaching out, reaching back to help the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, With a model that has the 80% retention rate like once you get in somewhere like that's hard to find hard, right. yeah like i said it, it, it's the work experience yeah if a, if a guy's getting out and he's never had a job like i said i never had a job hmm. well you know i was 20 some years old i mean i had one i got fired at it you know i always tell people i say you know uh, i hate the word uh it's that they say mark you wanted it to office right hmm. i said because you know when i was uh it happened to me in college right they called me one day they said uh <laughs> Uh, they want you at the office. I said, oh, shit. That's not going to be good. That's not going to be good at all, right? Yeah. You know, because like I said, the one time I had a job, they called me to the office. I was a senior man, right? And I figured, hey, y'all, come on. He said, bring all the black guys with you. So I brought him. I said, he wants to watch y'all see me get promoted to supervisor. He found all our black asses. So oh, man. So in school, uh, they came and got me. I was in high school, I think about the first month. And they said, they want you at the office. <laughs> I said, oh, shit, what is this going to be about? <laughs> Next thing you know, I got a strong arm robbery. I didn't rob anyone. Yeah. I'm sitting there listening to a lady tell a story about somebody robbed her. Mm. And she points to me and this other guy. We're in two different games. Mm. You know, we rob people together. <laughs> so that's my first arrest. Yeah. Wasn't even my case, right? And then, uh, you know, so at the school when they called me and said, you want it to office, I'm like, oh, hell. So I'm getting out of here, right? So I called Cold Blood. I said, man, they got me. He said, what you do? I said, I don't know, but they got me. He said, what you mean? I said, they want me at the office. He said, man, go see what they want. I said, man, he said, man, go see what they want. So I walk in the door, the woman say, you summa cum laude. I said, you're a goddamn liar. My name Mark Mitchell. <laughs> what the hell summa did? And he put that shit on me, right? <laughs> he said, you <laughs> So I mean, you know, I said, no, nah, man. So I mentioned this important part, uh -huh. too. Yep. You know, and I, I mentioned a lot of guys. You know, indirectly, some directly, you know. Uh, you know, they always call me. Yep. Guy was over there when I was there a minute ago, telling me he just lost a job. He said he'd been at this place four years, three years around. You know, and I'm saying, well, you, you know you're in the union. He said, what that mean? I said, here we go again. <laughs> you been on the job. You pay union dues. You unite all the workers' union. Go see your union. Man, I said, go see your union. Mm -hmm. Sure. File your complaint. You know, and he didn't. He thought it was all over. You know, yeah. that's why that part of being able to reach me so I can help you get there. I mean, if he'd been on that job almost three years, he said he's a good employee, mm -hmm. right? And and they just sometimes, you know, you run it, especially with our population people. You know, I, I was hoping that sometimes they would let me come in, me and do some uh, uh, some kind of uh, was a sensitivity training. Yeah. You know, uh, treat these people with some respect. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you get new bosses and they know who they are. You know. 
And that's the number one impediment. You know, we, we have to get them to kind of reduce their ego. You know, if someone steps on your shoes, you don't knock the shit out of them. Yeah. Especially at work. You know, so I mean, it, so you know, right? And I don't think it takes three months or two months to do all that, yeah. even weeks. You yeah. know, right? Like I say, the plants will call me when they have a problem. It used to be a lot, but they've kind of worked it out now. I haven't been there in a while, especially before COVID. I was kind of cutting down my, you know, going to the plant a lot anyway. Yeah, because these guys they teach each other, they hate each other on the way. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the best way to learn. It's right. just to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, you throw them in. You know, and when they do lose their job, they're so tore up inside. Yep. And I wish I hadn't, you know. And that's a, that's a teaching moment. Yep. And I'll probably get them a second job, you know. So, yeah. All right. So, we, we're doing great. Yeah. Well, this is great. How could people get connected? Is is there a, is yeah. it directly to you or to the website, directly Teamwork to Inglewood? Yep. You go, to, you go to Teamwork Inglewood. Yep. You call us at 773-488-6600. Yep. Ask for Mark Mitchell. Tell me, look, Mark, we need a couple of guys. Yep. Right now, there are federal tax credits involved. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the state's still doing it. I have to check and see. But it used to be up to $4,000 for both. They are bonded for free up to a year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, these are great incentives, you know, to hire. And then you're changing someone's life. Yep. You know, if black lives really matter, the criminal justice system has to be addressed first. Yep. You know, this is the biggest tool used to suppress the population, uh, uh, the criminal justice system. You know, if you look at how many jobs are tied to that, you know, it has yep. sustained itself, but, you know, in all actuality, it's just causing harm. It's decimating, yep. you know, black men. It's just, I mean, I was in, in the federal joint, I remember, and, and I used to sell a lot of drugs, but I remember corner boys would come in with 17 and 18 year sentences. Mm. So when, you know, years go by and Clinton apologizes, well, you know, we were wrong. Okay, you were wrong, but what are you going to do about being yeah. wrong? Yeah. Where's the incentive to correct what you did wrong? Where's the money to say, okay, we shouldn't have gave you 18 years, mm. you know? Just I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm wrong about slavery. I'm wrong about Jim Crow. I'm wrong about the criminal justice. Oh my bad, my bad, my bad. Come on. Yeah. Seriously. You know? But we're gonna save the children. Yeah. Bullshit. We're gonna save the kids. Well, this is really informative. Thanks again for, for your time and we'll make sure to share this and, and make sure people can get engaged with you. Okay, great. Um, and, and follow up and yeah, if we have any other questions, I'm sure we'll follow up as well. The opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much for your time, Mark. Hey, thank you. Yes. All right.